Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A very warm welcome to another Online Darts Live Lounge. Here we are, 12th of August with me, Phil Bars, joined as always by Jack Gobby Garwood and Jonathan. Boys, here we are again. Welcome back. How are we all? Warm. Warm is the uh, warm is the <laughs> prevailing wind at the moment. Uh, currently, uh, obviously, you are uh, very much south of the uh, Watford Gap, uh, Phil. You are, but uh, us, me, Northerner here currently right now, it is absolutely sheeting it down uh, with, uh, with with rain currently outside my room and outside my studio. But uh, yeah, apart from that, absolutely baking it has been here currently. Um, and yeah, just just need this heat wave to be over. I, I don't do heat very well, as you can probably tell with the hair colour. <laughs> Costa del South down there, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Not ginger friendly weather, though, I have to say. No, you two are both in trouble for that, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's not great, I have to say, but um, it, it it's all good. So first of all, quite a week this week from what we had last week when the PDC were dropping bombs all over the place. Yes, it was a very, very quiet week in comparison. Um, you know, no announcement of any uh, of anything, no like proper big announcements in terms of new Euro tours. We thought there might be the case. Um, you know, we, we're thinking about people in terms of World Cup, maybe in terms of World Series stuff that we were looking at. What we've heard as so we thought we would, we might hear um, some aspects on that. Um, but to be fair, though, uh, Phil, we, at least we've got some content coming out this week in terms of the interview. If you haven't looked at it, by the way, guys, uh, the interview that we did with Mac Elkin, that Phil did with Mac Elkin, is absolutely brilliant. Really, really good interview. But I think, Gob, to be honest, it's a real insight to how a manager deals with it because, like, in my opinion, if I am in that position where I was with Dimitri Vandenberg and Glenn Durrant in the semi final, I could, I don't know how the hell Matt dealt, dealt with it, to be pretty honest. It's mad. I think it's just the complete opposite end of the spectrum of raw emotion as soon as a match that means that much to the two players is over is incredibly difficult to deal with. Obviously, as, as a manager in that situation, you're guaranteed a player into the into the next round, which is brilliant. Um, you, you can't really lose from there. But if you, if you listen to the interview, the way that both players dealt with it, the way that Mac dealt with it, just, just shows the quality of 
all those involved in that moment and, and what goes on and how well these players interact with each other once they are under different stables, if you like. Yeah, no, definitely. And you, you could tell that um, he wasn't best pleased either with a few few bits. He, he, he hit it quite well, bless him. <laughs> he's not he's with Matt, though, the fact that, like, I'm not, yeah I mean to be fair to Matt right we've known all knowing him for, for, for a fair few years now he is a bloke that speaks his mind there's no doubt about that but he's also a bloke that will all, will always give you a sound bite but he'll give you turn his mind but if he says something's great he'll always say something's great like he's not a two face he's not two faced he's straight down the middle and like I say Phil you, you did a brilliant job with him as always pal and it was great to hear him speak so openly to be brutally honest yeah, no, definitely. Uh, right, guys, just a couple of things. People are saying we can't see it on YouTube, yet I can. So I shall let you two talk a minute while I hop screens and do some control management, you know? What, okay, what, well, that's, what, what that's we fine. Yeah, week, so, well, can, uh, we, can we talk about my other escapades this week while we're waiting? Well, do you know what? We were going to hold this till the end of the show, mate. So why not? Why don't you do this right now and talk about the 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 act that you've done in terms of saving the nation yeah. this week? Yeah, people of Britain, do not fear. When McDonald's of the UK announced they were reopening following the lockdown, I tweeted them rather cheekily, stating that because we'd had to wait so long, about nine weeks at this point. For a quarter pounder with cheese, that the, the double quarter pounder with cheese should return. I was sat here at my desk earlier working away to be tweeted by McDonald's in response, who, by the way, inboxed me directly in response to my initial tweet saying, no plans to come back, saying they're bringing it back as of tomorrow. That's it. I've done you a job. I've done you a service. The double quarter pounder with cheese is back at McDonald's as of tomorrow. Thank you later. The thing, the thing about the thing about McDonald's for, for Gob is the fact that like the, the many times that we've been down to the UK Open and the Players Championship Finals in Minehead, the walk that we do from the hotel where everything is premium but the price on the way to Butlins itself, you do stop off and you do have a wonderful job with that quarter pounder. So you are literally yeah. at this moment in time like saving your you're, you're saving yourself and the rest of Britain. That's what the way that you're thinking about it. So really. The whole of Britain should be paying tribute to you right now. I know. And forget all those that will slide straight in and go, you know, you can just add an extra patty if you go to the self-service menu. I ain't about that life. I ain't got time for that. I just want to go through the drive room and be like, yo, I want that thing. <laughs> and it's back. <laughs> Conveniently, no, no, the day nice. after Eat Out to Help Out stops for the week, so we've got to wait another week to get it at a cheaper price, might I add. But it is back nonetheless. <laughs> But you to say it's almost if like McDonald's are trying to see what they could do first off before they have to do the eat out to help out kind of thing for the government, which is which is not really a surprise. Uh, but no, like I say, it's been like I say, it's been a really really interesting week. Which of course, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will get to um, in just a moment. Like I say Phil's currently just trying to sort us out on YouTube. So if you are watching us on Facebook, please give us a comment on there right now. Uh, online darts uh, on Facebook, uh, make give us a question, and we'll try and answer some questions at the end. Phil currently has his finger in. His in the air, so I'm going to guess that we might be live on YouTube. We should, we, we should be, yes. For some reason, YouTube decided to sort of randomly change the setting. You know, casual like you, like you do. But yes, so, yes, it is live. We are live on the. We are now live. <laughs> we are live. Why, why wasn't I told? 
What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are live. Well, I wasn't told about that. <laughs> yeah. It's a great you, you, what, what, like what, say, what, Why wasn't I told? <laughs> we know, we, we know, but that, so, ladies and gentlemen, we are now live on YouTube. So make sure you head us over there right now. Online Darts TV is the way that you can find us over on YouTube. If you don't want to watch us live on Facebook throughout the entire hour or so that we're going to be here. But rather than talking about McDonald's quarter pounders, uh, as much as God would like to do that for the entire hour, um, we do actually have some darts to talk about because even though the PDC haven't dropped the announcements, Phil, it's been an interesting week. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll start on a, a rather sombre note. Obviously, eight years this week that we lost the original and the great voice of darts in Sid Waddell. I don't think there's... Probably a day goes by, because I'm a geek, and I watch pointless stuff that no one else watches, that you don't hear a famous Sid Waddell quote or line of, of, of some sort. And there's been some really great tributes paid this week, and I think it's only times like this when we reflect on one absolute wordsmith and genius the man was. Yeah. Um, what else is there to say? Uh, there's some brilliant, brilliant lines that I think everybody knows that you looked at and that, and that piece the PDC did. But, like, you know, the moment where Phil Taylor hits the first nine data live on PDC television. Double 12 for history! History! He's done it! I think Paul Nicholson will probably kill me right now for that uh, accent, but there we go. Um, uh, look, uh, the thing is, is that as well, you've got the, the line that the line that does for me, and I'm sorry, God, because it's against your boy, Wadey, and I do apologise, but it's when Phil Taylor hit the second nine data. It's that moment where he's like, they're both coming down. Trouble not you. Double 12! And then he go, and then he just says, Dave Lannan, say it, because I'm gobsmacked. And I'm just like going, how can you perfectly cool a moment like that and then Dave obviously Dave Lanning coming in off the back of that saying you are witnessing one of the greatest moments in his sporting history certainly in darts and it's just the two of them were perfect but God I, I'm sure you've got some memories as well of the great man uh watching watching it as well not as such memories because because my love relationship with that started with the BDO. I, I didn't have Sky as a child. I didn't really catch on to, to what Phil Taylor and co were doing for a long, long time. My first real memories of that are Ted Hankey, Phil Nixon, um, that Mark Webster final against um, Simon Whitlock. So obviously that, that was all BBC coverage. But if, if you go back and look at anything historically to do with PDC darts, it's just got Sid stamped all over it. The way that the current, crop of commentators approach um, their, their role and job if they, if they have been around Sid previously uh, we spoke to Rod Studd and he couldn't speak any higher of the man and he's like he's practicing your ad-libs how do you practice ad-libs that's the point of an ad-lib but it was just the character of of Sid that made Dart into, into the TV spectacle I think it became because let's be honest as, as a concept it's probably not the most viewer friendly yet Sky and the other broadcasters around at the minute have, have turned that into it. And I think Sid's commentary was a massive, massive part of that and why it's seen such the growth that it has over the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, no, I, I agree that it's one of those ones that everyone talks about and wants to be Sid. And I think that's probably the ultimate compliment you can pay people is the fact that he was just absolutely outstanding 
Um, well, I'll tell you when what, you, Phil. When you, yes, go on. I'll tell you one thing that I remember talking about that Rod Studd interview that we did with the with, with him. And he, I remember him talking about the 2011 World Championship final when he when he got to sit in the combat for half a final with the great man. And he said, I remember that, that was the that was the time where A.D. Lewis hit a nine data in that final, in the third leg of the match. Mardellan stood, gobble dismacked. And it was just things like that where you just come out with it. And it's just, it, it, it was unbelievable as a wordsmith. And there was no, uh, you know, and he was perfectly foiled. And that's the thing as well. John Gwynn and Dave Lanning perfectly set him up and teed him up, didn't he? Yeah, mine was looking back was when he did, it was Stephen Fry and the picking Chardonnay at the um, rescheduled <laughs> Premier League finals. And yeah, it, it, it was just a, just a magical spectacle listening to to the great man. And like we say, he will be sadly missed, but his legacy will always live on because of the amazing things that left the man's mouth. Um, so yeah, that was our little tribute to Sid and what, what, a, what a great man. The, the next one we're going to move on to, I think we could be here a while with this one, guys. We've um, Raymond <laughs> Van Barneveld yeah. teased the, the darting world of a potential comeback. Um, I'm, I'm not sure on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just... Uh, I, I, I just that's think the diplomatic way of putting it, isn't it, Phil? I think he just said something I, I think what stupid, throw yeah. away and... Do you know what I'm going to do right now? And I've never done this before live on a TV show or on a YouTube show. I'm going to physically put my feet up right here, right now. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Dom, this is over to you, my friend. Go on, pal. Why, why would go you do on, that, Why would you do that? You have some strong hey, views just... on, the great, on, on the five-time champion of the world, don't you? <laughs> I have done in the past, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just—it's just nonsense, isn't it? Like when Phil talked up a talk of his return, it was believable. Phil, as we've seen, even though he's been out of the game for so long, is still capable of producing that high level of performance that is required to go and do bits. It was just the travelling and stuff. For Raymond to even consider coming out of retirement is just complete nonsense. Just stay there. If you're that keen to play darts, get involved with Phil and, and go and do a Legends Tour series event or whatever, because you could sell it, you could market it. You've, you've got arguably the two most successful players in PDC history that somebody somewhere will pick it up, be able to market it and be able to get you playing darts with enough of the legends and retired pros about there are. You could make a good go of it, but to even contemplate rejoining a tour in which you spent the last year completely mugging off your own fans saying that you wanted to make the World Championships and that you were going to put all the effort in and all the work in, barely went to a Eurotour qualifier, barely put any effort into a Pro Tour because he was too busy doing exhibitions. That's not a man that has got the get-up-and-go to return to the Pro Tour. I just don't want to see <laughs> no, it. Tell us what you really you think. You don't need Dom. a swan song year. That's arrogance. That's complete arrogance. That was, hmm, if I announce this now, I get another go at the Premier League. Should have left his darts on stage in right now. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And the way he went about the rest of the year was, it was just a complete disregard for anybody that's ever supported him. The thing is what you said about Phil teasing the comeback, but he's done it in the right way. He's like, yeah, I might have a bash at the UK Open qualifiers. He's never once said, yeah. 
I want to come back and do the whole tour. He was like, yeah, I might go and have a bash at a Riley's qualifier for the for the UK Open or something like that. But there's just, when you think about it logically, I know we said it to Dutch TV and maybe a bit of nostalgia and all that, but there's just too many obstacles in the way for it to happen. Well, he, One, he, he, let's there's no problem. Yeah, it's about to say, is it brutally honesty? Would he win a pro would he win a tour card at Q School in this well, current that, climate? That, that no. was my thing. Would, would he would he go to Q School and win one? No, is my opinion. He wouldn't even get near. No. Agreed. Um so at, at the first obstacle, he falls down. Slight issue there. Could the PDC give him a World Series date? Maybe. Yes, if they wanted to, because they can it's not ranked. So if they wanted to go down that route and showcase him and wheel him, wheel him out, then potentially that is one way of doing it. But as for a full-blown Raymond Van Barneveld return, one, no, and two, I don't think he's good enough anymore, plain and simple. Let's be brutally honest. He's well, well, not... Well, when, well, well, hang on. Gob, you had this brilliant, brilliant stat on our old show. When was the last time that he won a ranked televised title? 2006, <laughs> Yes, he's a five-time world champion. Four of them in the BDO. The switch changed a lot, don't get me wrong. But in terms of what he achieved... Which the switch the PDC, changed us forever. But in terms of what he actually achieved on the hockey, in the PDC, it's far more overstated than it ever should have been. I disagree there because... Look, you know me, I'll always say that the game that ever got me into darts was the 2007 World Final. That was the first game I ever remember watching from start to finish on TV. And that was the game that got me into darts, right? My, my point about Barney is this, and I'm probably not as strong opinioned as God when it comes to this, but the sense but is still there that I have been a lifelong Barney fan throughout my entire life of watching darts. I've loved the man since 2006 when he moved over he hasn't done anything apart from in the world cup really that made me get off my chair he made he had a fantastic run in minehead in november at the players championship finals that should have been the warm-up for what could have been a real swan song and a real effort at world championships but then he just goes and gets absolutely obliterated off the board by darren young in front of about six i, the, I mean the, the that last record he'd already left I'm about to say, but that, about to say, Darren Young, right? No, do, no disrespect at all to Darren Young, because he deserved to win the game. But Barney was dreadful. Yeah, and when you look at it, probably the last time we saw the great Raymond Van Barneveld was the Grand Slam win, because that did come from nowhere. In fairness, no one saw that coming, and he was absolutely Premier mid- League that night. But uh, yeah. I think no, for, for me, the Grand Slam was better. The, the Slam win was better for me. Hmm. Slam's Sorry. over an entire weekend. You, you've got to put those performances to get there. Premier League, you've got to be top four, yes. But you've got to win two games on a night. And I just think he was... He was he was good on that night. He was very, very good on that night. But I don't think he was... 
unplayable or yeah. exceptional or at the level that we've seen Raymond before. No, de- definitely. Um, so, sorry, everyone. We are putting the um, Raymond Van Barneveld comeback flames well and truly out. One, we don't want to see not? it. And two, I, 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 just don't think we why not? Let's let, let's get Eye of the Tiger right. blasting out at, at, at every single every single arena. I'm sure everybody would love it. There's no doubt about that. Whenever I hear that song, I automatically just see him walking at the bottom of the uh, of the Ocking, John McDonald shouting at me being a five time champion of the world. Let's do it. I'm joking. Why we're there? Why we're there? We will Keith Deller out and just get him to leave one free every leg, and I hope he gets somewhere near that again. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, in between the matches, right. we'll get to take that as a five-piece back on the stage as well. We yeah, love it. We love I, it. He'll tell you next for Robbie. He'll get him back. <laughs> <laughs> as, as well, everyone, everyone watching on Facebook and YouTube, any questions, please drop them in the comments and we will answer them as best as we can or give an opinion as best as we can as we are going through the show. But as for Barney, dead dead rubber in our opinion. Um, next one, which has been darting news, to be fair. Some pretty sad news, but probably not unexpected. Most of the associated PDC tours have been cancelled for the rest of 2020. Um, the right decision, probably, but it leaves them with some headaches because by the look of it, they are going off the rankings as they are for world championship places. I don't really know where to start with this. It is a logistical nightmare. It's not good for any of the tours. We've lost a hell of a lot of darts, a hell of a lot of talent from emerging nations. Um, anybody can start slowly in a tour event and, and be badly ranked for the year. And I, I don't think that gives a fair reflection of, of the best players in that system. Um, I think at that moment, you'd be far better off having one of qualifiers. Um, so that the, the, not, the players have an opportunity to get themselves up for it. Not that you shouldn't be up for a, a, a tour event as, as you go in and whatever's happened in the past, but there is that extra level of motivation that this is what you're playing for ultimately and there's there's no second opportunity to then qualify. Someone like Elagan and that might have worked their way into the tour, not put as much in, knowing that there's a chance through the back end of the year to to peak your form. Darts is a it's a twelve month game and you've got to pick when you when you hit your peaks, especially for those that aren't based in the UK and only have really the world championships to aim for. So it is a massive loss, massive logistical headache, loads of qualifier spots wide open for the World Championships at the minute. Um, yeah. It's interesting that the DPA are still trying to run the Oceanic Masters, which obviously is the premier event down under. It's the one that all those players aim and want to win, and it has a World Championship spot attached to it. So that will be interesting to see if they can get that one over the line. But as for the rest of the tour, disappointing. Um, but could be a way for Corey Cadby to appear at the World Championships. Could he go and win the Oceanic Masters and rock up in London? I say London in brackets. We might come on to that shortly. But yeah. it's an interesting thought. Yeah. 
Um, I don't see why not. If he's if he's if he plays well on the DPA and he plays well in the Australian Masters and he wins the tournament, then why not? I think I, I I honestly think that we should start thinking about doing qualifiers throughout the whole thing now. To be very honest, I think we should just do either straight knockout or we should just do a four series event over a weekend, win a couple of couple of spots or go to uh, players um, who qualify. I think it's probably the best way of doing it rather than going off the rankings now. Um, you know, we talked about the European Darts Championship. If the European Championship is off the was going to be off those top 32 in Brussels, you know, and sorry, excuse me, in Hasselt, then it would have been a pretty poor European Championship in terms of quality. You know, Daryl Gurney and Adrian Lewis wouldn't even be there because they didn't go to the first event. So I, I, I think a qualifier is probably the fairest way to do it. And I think that the DPA... Are right to do it. To be brutally honest, Phil, I think that's the best way to do it. And you know what? If it means that Corey Cadby, we get to see Corey Cadby in the World Championships, I am here for it. As well, another one off the back of it, the Tom Kirby Memorial has sadly been cancelled for 2020 as well. Now, call me a cynic, but reading between the lines, mm. if that's gone, that must throw huge jeopardy on the World Grand Prix being on the Emerald Isle this year. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about mine about that. Um, well, to be fair, here's the thing for me as well about Dublin, where they normally would hold it, the City West, is still being used as a standby COVID hospital, is it not? So, yeah, because of that... It's like literally, yeah, I, sorry, I, think, I, I think that expires something like three days before the PDC are due to take it all over. Now, that's a tight turnaround, even if they can get, because it's still quarantine from the UK into Ireland. I know everything's changing day on a daily basis, but it's a very tight turnaround. And for them to cancel the Tom Kirby, I just think that there has to be huge, huge doubt on where the World Grand Prix is going to be this year. Well, I don't I just, think the Grand Prix is going to be anywhere near it. I don't think the Grand Prix is going to be in front of fans, yeah. God, to be really honest, pal. I'm not sure about fans. Um, I think we are edging nearer to that. We're seeing a lot of petitions for things like lower league football and, and safe numbers and that sort of thing. We, we see our concert return for Sam Fender last night that had two and a half thousand people at it, socially distanced and that sort of thing. So if there is a way to get fans in, I think the PDC will find it. We've seen it with Matroon, try it with the snooker and, and they're, they're, they've been very progressive throughout this entire event. And if there is an opportunity, I think that, Barry Hearn will put his events right at the front as as the leaders to to take that on. Um, I just I, logistically with everything we've just said about it being uh, an emergency hospital just in case with the quarantine heading into Ireland, I, I don't see why you wouldn't use Milton Keynes at this point. It, it proved it worked. Yes, it's another TV major. I, I just don't. I understand that you want fans there. I understand there's there's contractual obligations for venues and and that sort of thing, but. Ultimately, you get your darts event, you get your broadcaster. Um, just just stick another couple of pro tours over in Ireland next year and be happy with it. Just just take what you can get right now. I just, I just think MK worked. Use well, it. Yeah, MK works, and a couple of things as well. We talked about you again. You talked about it in the interview with Macphill about having that block of a load of, of pro tours before before an event. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should have a pro tour a day up to a day before an event and there's the cut-off point and we do the draw straight after it. But if we do have a week of pro tours in Ireland, like we did for this sort of World Grand Prix series, if you like, this qualifying series, let's call it that next year, 
I think people, I think the City West would be reasonably happy with that because it means that the PDC get they have two weeks of the PDC there, which is sort of the normal you, nine days. You say that'd be a bit of fun though, wouldn't it? Cutting it off the day before and then doing the draw. That would be interesting. Oh, don't get me wrong, I'd love it. Don't get me wrong, I would absolutely be here for it, but I just don't think the PDC would do that, unfortunately, which is a shame because that's the sort of thing where I think that we should do that in terms of maybe a match play or maybe even the world cha- or maybe a players championship finals do it a weekend before or something like that and then cut it off because i think that i think that would be really meant i do especially if we get everybody out over to ireland and that's a sort of a world grand prix qualifier series where you can play yourselves into an event we've talked about that in terms of like what the autumn series is going to do so i i i'm here for that well, a couple of ones off that first of all we've got a um Question from Philip on Facebook. Do we think the PDC should have had some pro tours between the World Match Play and the Premier League restart? For me, absolutely. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive setup, but then it only really, not it only really benefits nine, ten players, but they're the ones that need to get ready for it. I just think with, if, if the entire tour was based in the UK, yes. Yeah, I just yeah. think with restrictions changing every day, people not being allowed in that country, there are still certain players that will not be able to attend anything at all because of restrictions between countries and quarantines and that sort of thing. I just think to throw more on for the benefit of the 10 players that will be there for the Premier League isn't the fairest thing. I, I get their professionals. I get their need to earn money. I get they need those opportunities. Um, but just to throw more Pro Tours on to suit those 10 I think would be a little bit hasty. I think as well that you've you've got that art, you've got that thing about whether it, whether they can afford it. That's the key as well for the PDC. Whether whether all these players can afford it, you know, if if you means you have to go into the Hilton at, at, at the at MK, book every single room that like they had done before, then get everybody in there. More COVID tests. I just don't. I just can't see how they would have been able to physically do it, especially with all the players basically going on prize money as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And I, I don't think that they're going to. Maybe just they could dish out prize money. Well, no, seventy-five thousand pounds are they? You know what I mean? Seventy-five grand's going for for every pro tour. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would love it as a darts fan, but I don't think it was going to be feasible to do it. Unfortunately, Philip. Sorry, pal. And just going back on the Pro Tours before the World Grand Prix, should they be doubling as a warm-up Ooh, for the World Grand Prix? I like that. I like oh. that. Yeah, but... What part of me likes that, part of me doesn't, because they are Pro Tours, which means they should build... The Pro Tours are qualifiers for the Players' Championships. They're not qualifiers for the Grand Prix. And the Worlds as well. So They're they. Huge. they Yes, yeah, so they should be the same format that you play to play at the Players' Championships. They just do it logistically because it makes sense to have people there and, and use that venue all in one go. So um, I, I wouldn't mind some Pro Tours that are double in or some floor events that are double in or, or mixing up some formats. Um, I'm, I'm a massive fan of pairs as well. I, I love the World Cup format and would love to see more team events, if you like, it in darts. Um, but I don't think they could be pro tours. I think they'd have to be a, a separate qualifying series. Maybe have two or three spots open for a four-day block of 
Pro Tours to qualify from that as, as a qualifying series again, like they've just said. But yeah, they, they couldn't be yeah. Pro Tours. It couldn't count towards that order of merit. Yeah, couldn't agree well, more. I think, from... it's, uh, I think it's that, yeah. I couldn't agree more. We've gone from tours being cancelled to some some good news now for people that are away from the top one to eight. PDC have announced that challenge tours and development tours will return in a busy schedule. We'll do the challenge tour first because there's a bit more on the dev tour than the challenge tour. But first of all, six events over three days is great news for all those players not in the one two eight tour card holder positions. Definitely, because you think of the players in the one two eight that aren't quite making it to events at the minute. There will be opportunities for those that manage to do bits at these challenge tours to force their way into pro tours and maybe see themselves in some stage events. We saw it with um, Joe Mernon a few years back. He was, he was a challenge tour player. He snuck onto a pro tour and he went on to win the thing and it sort of like catapulted his career for a couple of years. So it's massive for them. Obviously, they, they paid a, a substantial fee to be at Q School um, and have the opportunity in then the challenge tours that go with that. So this is justified for, for their entry fee at the start um, and an opportunity for them to pick up some money, play some professional darts in uh, a solid atmosphere. Um and yeah, for, for those that have used the lockdown to practice very well, it's an opportunity to force their way onto the Challenge Tour rankings and maybe even a Pro Tour appearance or two. Well, you saw that, didn't you, in the uh, in the Pro Tours, uh, just gone in the Summer Series. There were people like Eddie Lovely. He was doing bits, made a last 16, if memory serves me correctly, as well at some stage. You know, Scott Mitchell was doing okay. Uh, Juicy van der Waal had a decent run one week as well. Uh, you know, Con- uh, Ian Consman. You know, there was some there was some big names there. You know, again, Graham Usher was doing bits as well at one stage during the during the week in the summer series. It's there for them to to, to have. So why not? Why not use it? I think it's going to be mint as well. Six events, three days, brilliant. Go for it. See what you can do. And um, you know, if you obviously win that challenge tour, then of course you uh, you get the uh, you get the tour card holder as well. The top two players obviously get the tour card, so they have to go to Q School. And if you're on the order of merit. And winning that order of merit, you're going to the world championships. The golden ticket. However, is there a slight concern here? By the look of it, there's going to it's not going to be bubbled as the, the way the PDC website reads, it's not going to be bubbled. Now, look at all the people that went to Q School. There's been no darts for we'll be near near six and a half months by the time this comes around. What happens if everyone that went to Q School rocks up at these Challenge Tour events? Well, trouble. <laughs> yeah. There, there's, 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 there's a few issues trouble. there. Um, Barnsley Metrodome, one, isn't the biggest place. No. Two, if, see, if it was in not. Wigan, I could understand because Wigan is – a far larger venue you've got other halls in and around there's no reason why it all has to be in the one hall yes it would cost more to hire out the others but you could distance boards and people around the venue that that works logistically Barnsley not as big not as easy to do that well I mean you've been you, there's a reason why they hold but I said there's a reason why the whole Q school in Wigan isn't there because of the amount of people who always turn up to Q school yeah exactly there's no doubt in my mind about that 
Yeah, it's it's an interest. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not even they will, but I think numbers will be extremely high for these Challenge Tour events because there's been no other darts for people to play. So people have had a chance to save money. They haven't had to go like the ones that do a mixture of the BDO, the WDF and the, the Challenge Tour. They haven't been forking out money to go and play in Estonia and, and places like that. So they've got money in their pocket right now to go and play darts. Yeah. So six events, 500 uh, people. Good luck marking them. Yeah. yeah. I'm not being funny, but if some of those have been on furlough and been playing darts from home, they're probably in better form than they ever would be going into a normal challenge tour if, they, if they'd had to work over whatever and can only practice at certain times, get to use certain events. Some of these players might be in the absolute form of their life right now and everybody's going to fancy it because all they've done is play darts for six months. 100% agree. Well, People like David Evans well, that have done really well in the yeah. Modus League. Scotty Mitchell has been playing non-stop. All these people are match sharp jenks. Um, they can have yeah. huge there are advantage. Some huge names all the way down this list as well, like ex-tour card holders, emerging talents, like former dev tour players. There are some really big names on there that will want to come out of this absolutely fighting because of what's at stake for the back end of the year and that chance at the World Championships. And who knows? Let's well, be honest. With the qualified and internationally being cancelled the way they are. Who's to say that more of the field won't be filled from Challenge Tour or Pro Tour players? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, but great news that the Challenge Tour is back. And from there, hand in hand, the Development Tour as as well. And there's an interesting one on here for me that I don't think anyone's really picked up. So we've got four days of action at the end of September on the Dev Tour. Three days of development tour outright. But on Monday, the 28th of September, we have got the last 96 of the Unicorn World Youth Darts Championship. Now, that says to me that this is my head could happen. Yeah, I agree. I've I, yeah, I said it before and I'll say again. I'll say, I've said before and I'll say it again, that is the one where I really do think that will be the tester for fans because it's not... The thing is, if people haven't been to mine before, it's not just about fans. They, they, theoretically, they can secure Bubble It. Theoretically, they can theoretically secure yeah. Bubble Minehead because you've got 5,000 people arriving on the site. If they all have a COVID test there, it's a theory. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see 5,000 people going to Butlins. But theoretically, it can happen. So I, I, I think that the Labrooks Players Championship Finals, in one guise or another, with or without fans, is going to happen. Because ITV will hope the only ranking event they'll have had is bar, bar the European Championship is the UK Open. The Players Championship Finals is a huge tournament ahead of the world's. They will want some darts on their last darts event currently under contract. Hundred percent, it will happen. It's just where it happens is the, like, like the pit map has openly said that if there's no fans, there's no point dragging everyone down to Minard. Is the thing. So if no. if there's no fans, it, I'm getting guessing it will be at Milton Keynes, the same as pretty much everything else. Um, but it's, it's it's interesting that they have got the World Youth Darts Championships last ninety six on, and a huge opportunity. Yeah. Yeah for these youngsters because we didn't know if it was going to happen 
for, for one. And two, this could be quite tasty because you've got the likes of Ted Everts that will want to prove people wrong. And one that I think, if he comes over, could be an absolute rev- revelation and could win it, is Nico Kurtz. And yeah. look at every time he plays. Look at every time he plays on TV, whether it's at the World, the German Super League, even the World Series events that he's done, he is going to be absolutely mint. And could you imagine Ted Everts versus Nico Kurtz final on Players Championship Finals weekend? What a game that would be! It would it? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a surprise to me. I, but but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to defer to the DevTool experts that we have here on the panel. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, uh, well, Jeffrey Desvan will tell you otherwise, won't he? Oh, God, not again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and speak for the last time that he beat me, and that'll be tough. Uh, it's just stuck with talent. I, I think the youth deserve this opportunity that they're putting so much into the game. I think Dimmy's big win recently has, has shown that the PDC system does work. Um, obviously, you've just both mentioned two big names of Tuina. Keen Barry's another. Uh, yeah. Is Leighton Bennett Bond old dreams. enough now to just sneak on, or have I got that wrong? Is it no, James? A couple no, of years, still a couple of years. Yeah, a couple but, of years. But I mean, there's there's just names everywhere. Some of the international players that come over. The depth of the Dev Tour is ridiculous. Um, there's there's not many more words to say. Just, just in Vantagao as well. It's just, just going to, yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah. There are so many so, big names coming through at the moment. Yeah, the the the, the Dev Tour is just such an exciting place to to have darts. And there's a couple of questions off of YouTube that relate to this. One, I'd like to see some of the Dev Tour streamed more. And along yes, with no. people asking, will will the women's series be streamed? We don't know yet. The PDC. Haven't said anything. However, I will try and find out when I'm at the Premier League in a couple of weeks. I will ask the powers that be there, is there any plans to stream the Ladies Series? But going back to the Dev Tour, how good would it be to have two streaming boards like they do on a Pro Tour? I'd no. I'd love it. Oh. No. I already think there's enough on the players to go and develop. I, I think that being put under that much pressure that early is not what the development tour is aimed for. Personally, I struggled when the development tour swapped to Dark Connect because in my head and approaching the events and when I'm on the hockey, I knew that every single bad throw that I threw, somebody somewhere could see. It wasn't about the final result or the number anymore. It was about every single dart that I threw being able to be seen by somebody somewhere. And that got to me for a long time, especially as I wasn't playing particularly with with my own funds. I had sponsors, I had people that had had put me there. So I wasn't just playing for myself, I'm playing for them. And everything that I do at that point could have been scrutinised. And that's me at 22 and 23 as as I was the oldest player on the tour at one point. And those thoughts still went through my head. So to expose a 16-year-old to that, who could perhaps be playing somebody who has a tour card and has played on streaming events. And I, I just don't think that's the right situation and what the development tour is made for. Yes, it'd be brilliant for us as, as darts fans to see these matches and some of the averages that are thrown in. Um, uh, it would be great exposure for a lot of the European youngsters that 
have then snuck their way into European tour events and that in the past. But I, I just don't think it's the right environment at all to introduce streams to. Challenge tour, yes, definitely, maybe one or two. Um, but they're not development tour, no. Would you then would you then look to instrument um streaming for the youth championships then for the world youth? Because I think possibly for, for, for I'm, not, I'm youth, not against it for that day. I think that'd be mint. Yeah. I would, but I think, then again, the you're in the same position where at that point you'd want everything to be level, which means you'd want everybody to be under that same pressure being streamed. Why is it fair on somebody whose name is more established to have to play on a streaming board in comparison to somebody who isn't because of the pressure that comes with that of, of being in front of a but camera again, and performing to potentially thousands of players yeah. playing? I know their ultimate aim is to be on stage and do that. But at the same point, to have to go through that pressure a lot earlier than others isn't isn't a level playing field, is it? There's no balance to that. Well, well, the, well, the, well, the established players there, the majority of the players that get through to the last ninety six of the of the world youth, I'd say what about 10, 15 of them probably are either tour card holders or have been on the tour or have played streaming boards. I'd say probably about a quarter. Is that fair? Uh, about a quarter in the past definitely I think Maybe. a couple are a bit older now and moved on but yes yeah. I would say I think yeah. we, I did a count one year and there were something like 14 tour card holders on, on the development tour so yeah so what I'm saying is is that like for them obviously it, you talk about that level playing field all over, the majority of them will have already played at some stage on the pro tour as, as a, streaming, a streaming board I'd like to see it I think for, maybe not for the whole tour I agree because I think that would really put the cat amongst too, too many pigeons but for that day in particular when let's be honest with ourselves we're all looking at it as a as darting fans if you like we're all looking at it going right who's it going to be who's it going to win because i remember we we're watching it with you last year we were going like how the hell has ted evans not managed to make the final when he's been absolutely bossing the dev tour all year so i i think for that in in that day when when the world is the darts world is watching on that Monday. I think, yeah, sod it. Put two streaming boards on there. If it means increasing the subscription to PDC TV, sod it. I'm here for it. A lot more darts is, is more darts. We love it. I don't I, think they need really, to do that because after the World Youth 96, isn't there the PDC qualifiers anyway for the main tour? Don't they follow immediately uh, afterwards, usually? Normally on the Monday after the Players' Champs finals, normally. Yeah, the world, world qualifiers normally after Minehead because all the players are literally rushing from Minehead to get to Wigan. I think on a couple of times they put it more. Yeah, which is the weekend at the Devonport final is. And and yeah, sure it is. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, what I'm saying is that, that that last day of the '96 there is obviously taking place on the 28th of September. So you've got two months to wait before you have the before you have that lab, you have the players final. Now, obviously. The, 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 the Dev Tour final will be uh, screened live. It's going to be live on ITV4, as it will be in between, between the bridge of the gap between the semi-final and the final of the, of the Players' Championship finals. But I'm saying, let's put the whole of the NAS 96 on there, like we do, two streaming boards, and therefore then when we have the two quarter-finals, if you like, two semi-finals, if you like, to get us to the finalists, put them on there. Sod it. Let's do it. I think... From last yeah. eight or last 16, I mean, potentially, if you stream every game. But I, I just think with the group format, how do you pick which group it is? You, you're going to pick on players and they're going to be like, why am I playing on this? I, 
I think ultimately it comes back down to what is the development tour for? I'm still very much of the opinion that if you have a tour card, you're developed. You're good enough to play professional darts. You are basically a professional. You shouldn't need or be playing on a development tour just because you're young enough to be there. I've said that for a long, long time. I, I don't think that's what the word development means, to be honest. It's, it's for people that aren't quite there. So, yeah, I think it comes back to what you see that tour as. I'm very much about protecting perhaps the lesser experienced players that, that use it rather than the top boys that have been there, done that with professional events, Euro tours, being at the World Championships, perhaps like the likes of Ted Everts and uh, Barry Van Peer, Martin Schindler, Rusty Jake Rodriguez, all of, all of those boys have been around a, a fair amount of time now. Yeah, no, we've um, lost Jar. He's dropped off whilst we try and get him back. Uh, remember, any questions? Yeah, here he is. He's, he's back. Yeah. Switch it, to, um, switch it back to you when you need it, guys. Yeah. Um, any any questions? Again, we're going to answer them some more at the end of the show. We've got a couple more for this part. So on Facebook and YouTube, any questions, get them in. Right, some interesting news from Austria broke over the weekend. Now, outside stadiums, 10,000 fans with social distancing. Inside arenas, up to 5,000 fans with social distancing. Playing devil's advocate here. Say, come December, we cannot still have fans at events in the UK. Oh, no, sorry, we can't have a decent amount of fans in for the Worlds. Double-edged double sword, would the PDC move the World Championships for a year to have fans in? And could they? Or could, could they and would they? Start with you, Jar. Yes and yes. Simple as plain as that. They, they will absolutely move it. As much as they love Ali Pali, and as much as Ali Pali is a great venue, and anybody who's been there will tell you it is now becoming the mecca of darts. I will never have that. Of course, the circus happened for me, and it always will be. Um, but people who go there will tell you how much of a great time it is. Why do you think that the PDC, as much as it is obviously about Germany and also some restrictions that are happening there, but why do you think the PDC are looking to have the World Cup of Darts in the press taller, in Graz, in November, with a 3,000 capacity. Bearing in mind... Well, there's that as well, but bearing in mind, the World Cup does attract the media presence, does it not, of a wide range of journalists as well? Yeah. Certainly, certainly, certainly from countries... Or, yeah, but certainly countries will fly into... To be there on those ga- on those days where not normally you'd expect darts uh, media to be from, and that's what also is attractive at the World Championships. So I've got a funny feeling that the PDC might just be using the World Cup as a test event. First of all, to see if they can sell out the press tally, which I'm sure they will be able to um, in Graz. There's no doubt about that. But also to make sure that there's enough room for journalists. There's enough room for uh, enough room for managers. There's enough room, you know, uh, tables to be able to put people on. Just in case we can't go to the Alexandra Palace this year, I, 
I've got a funny feeling that we won't have that big block of seating at the back this year for the Alexandra Palace because I don't think we'll be able to do so. All the blocks of seating that you see behind, I, I, I think the only way they're going to be able to Table get fans in the Ali Pali, correct. I, I, I think that's the only way you're going to be able to do it because you'll be able to space, space it out enough in order to get it done. So the atmosphere will be a bit different regardless of whether they go into Ali Pali, whether they go to, to Graz. But if I was a betting man, which uh, God will tell you I definitely am, I would always say that the, the PDC might just be having a little go on the World Cup venue in the press teller just to see how it works out, whether they've got enough room for everything. Because don't be too surprised that after the Players' Championship finals in Minehead, we get the uh, news through that the press teller will be hosting the World Championships if we can't have uh, fans in the venue. That would be mad. To, oh, don't get me wrong. I, a Christmas for me, the world. A Christmas in Austria, Phil. A Christmas in Austria. I'm just not just Christmas, New Year as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Head down um, and be up to Vienna for up to Vienna for a New Year celebration. Now we're talking. Um, <laughs> um quick one from Jacob. Not sure my job would allow um, that. You, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it would be financial year end of thirty first of December. No way am I flying in and out. <laughs> just thinking how I put that through. I'm, 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 I'm just thinking how I put sixteen nights through my books. <laughs> um, oh god! We've got a, we've got a question from Jacob here on YouTube. Evening, Jacob. Do you think um, there is? a danger that Q score might be cancelled this year as a lot of events. Um, in a word, mate, I don't because it makes the PDC too much no. money. When you do the sums, it yeah. brings in nearly half a million quid. So if Barry, the, the only way Q score gets cancelled, if someone tells Barry from the top of the government, he's got no choice. But for me, Q score happens. I think if that happens, then the tour gets put on hold until you can have a queue score because they have to fill the cards that people lose. They're not just going to start dishing out handouts to people that would be dropping off the tour. That is the system to fill those two-year spots. That That's how it works. That's the obligation. That's what you win by becoming a tour card holder. You're not getting a reprieve for that. That, that queue score process has to happen. Yeah, I know. you you agreeing? Absolutely, like you say, it, it it makes the PDC far too much money, doesn't it? You know, half a million quid from people. You know, that nearly a thousand entries this year into Q School, all paying five hundred pound a pop. You do the math. Half a million quid for the PDC is ridiculous, especially off the back of the fact that they, if they can sell the tickets for the World Championships at thirty, forty, fifty pound a pop as well for three thousand seats in a double session every day, makes the PDC too much money. Ain't going anywhere. No, I, I agree. So yes, Jacob, we all think that Q score will will happen um, just because it's a it's a money maker, and that's the way the world is. We all know that Uncle Barry loves a pound note, as he says it himself. He walked into the circus tavern and could smell the money. Um, right. So last <laughs> <love> few. <laughs> um, if there's any more questions, guys, um, next week's show will be bumper because we are. Going to look ahead to the Premier League return. Plenty to talk about um, and our content plans 
around it. It's going to be busy. That's that's for sure. Um, but Premier League darts is back, which is the important thing. It's going to be interesting. That's yeah. for sure. Still no clarification on whether it's six or seven nights at the moment, which is interesting to say the least. Because yeah, we've we've heard some stuff that say it's seven um, from yeah very good sources and. And from Barry himself in the original press release. Yeah. Um, but but going back to the Premier League, I think this is one of the final points when we look ahead last week, next week. Phil, do you remember when we were there in Liverpool? Feels like three years ago now, to be honest. Yeah. That night was the, the last night of Premier of, of television darts before the match play. Brilliant game between Gerwin Price and Michael Van Gerwen between the pair. Four days removed from arguably the best final that I've seen in about two years. You've got, suppose it's the back play final 2018. You had a great game between Gary Anderson and Nathan Aspinall where you just went, how the hell did Nathan Aspinall not win that game? Averaging 10, 15 points higher than Gary. You had Glenn Durrant coming through a battle. You had Rob Cross and Stephen Bunting playing out a draw. Rob Cross loves a last leg in the Premier League this year. And also as well, uh, Buddy Boy uh, losing to Peter Wright um, in, in the first game. And I remember coming driving home from that night thinking, this Premier League is developing into an absolute classic. And it is such a shame that we oh, aren't going to see the end of it. So I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that we are going to get to at least judgment night. We're going to get to at least three or four matches into the second phase. But as I think we've already said, I, I, I can't see how we don't finish in MK. That's the only problem. No, yeah, the, the, the Premier League was starting to get hotting up and we were having some mammoth performances from, from everyone. Daryl Gurney started the Premier League out of form and then the last few weeks we started to see vintage Daryl at times. Bully Boy Michael Smith, although he lost the last one, he was in some form. MVG, they were all playing well was the thing. So it was arguably bubbling up to be one of the best league phases potentially we'd seen. But like we say, that fateful night, we all said, and when we said our goodbyes, this could be it for a while. We didn't think it would be this long, but we certainly knew that we weren't going to be going to Newcastle, that's for sure. Nah. Um, nah. It was uh, it, it, it was so, depressing, really, because like, because, because, and this is more of a bit of a wider point, ladies and gentlemen, as well, that the press room itself is a very large family. You do see the same faces every single week, wherever you go in the world, really. I mean, Phil and I basically were at the majority of events, although he was there in Dublin and all that sort of stuff. There's loads of other people there. Josh Green from Tungsten Tales are the people that will turn up as well. But you get to know these people. And like when you're not seeing them every single week, it does feel very, very odd. I think it's probably the best way of putting it. Oh, the first Thursday we didn't go to the Premier League. I text Dave Allen just for the Wi-Fi code for sentimental reasons. from Dave. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was just like Dave, what's the Wi-Fi code? <laughs> uh, right, and then also, as well, like, from... it... now go on, John. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just. 
Yeah, just some brilliant memories already this year. Like, you know, God will tell you about the night where we went out in in Minehead on the Saturday night with uh, with some with some players with the PDC, which ended up in Dave Allen, who is the PDC's media manager, trying to win himself a cuddly toy for his uh, for for the one of his two children at three thirty in the morning, with the majority of the PDC lot shouting Dave Allen's Barmy Army on the way on the way down to give him some encouragement. That was some uh, that was an interesting evening, wasn't it, God? <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So we've got Paul on YouTube. Due to be in Manchester next month, do you reckon it will be on? Um, part of me would love yeah. to say yes, but my, I my love it. gut reaction, my gut reaction, unless Boris comes out and shocks us, because let's be fair, over the last three or four days, the government is under some pressure now to get venues yeah. open because that venues are coming out now and saying, look, if we don't open soon, we're not going to be there to open when we come back. So, part of me would part of me says yes, maybe a reduced capacity pool, but I think my head says it will be at Milton Keynes. But let's look at the positives. Let's hope Manchester is on. Um, Sam, I take it the Premier League is on Sky every night. Yes, it is, mate. Um, usual rules apply. Premier League darts on Sky Sports. Um, Patrick, are you happy with the World Series invites? Well, Patrick, if you listen to last week's show, the podcast <laughs> is available. Um, we spent quite a lot of time on this. Um, I think we're all in agreement that we were surprised with some of the invites. I think it's a fair way to put it, boys. But again, we're going to give you a little teaser here. One of those invites is going to change. I'm not. We're not allowed to say who because it's not fair where the information has come from and until the PDC release it look we could just go and blurt it out but we're not we're professional but one of the invites will change are we within the next week or so uh, to a degree try to be we try to be try um no we started, um, we started one, the show the tonight invites... I'm sorry we started the sh- I'm, I'm sorry really I'm sorry to interrupt we started the show tonight talking about McDonald's quarter pounder like that's definitely not professional Mate, as, as I'm as we doing love it, a service as... for the nation. That is professional. <laughs> Next, I'm getting the Capri Dream Bar back. Don't you worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'm just I one man get on a mission. Now. <laughs> so, in relation to your... Um, I think they got most of them right, but not all of them, I think. It's a fair way of putting it, guys, don't you reckon? I, I don't think there was any that we were... I don't think there was any that we were upset that got invited. I think we were shocked at some of the admissions for people that didn't. Yeah, it was more the one that missed out. Very, yeah, Matt was very diplomatic about one of his players missing out in Glen Durrant. He was very no, diplomatic. He, he was very disappointed. Yeah, I'm sure he would have said a lot worse. Uh, Oh, I've, uh, I've got the off-takes. Um, no, I think, going back to the original point, I, I, I think that we all thought that Glenn Darren and Christopher Tyski should have been invited to the World Series. I think that's a, a fair one. Yeah. Um, right, guys, I, don't think, I think that's all the questions. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this week's Live Lounge, as always, and we thank you very much for joining us. Remember, follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whichever one you are on, please like our pages or subscribe to them. And of course, if you are on YouTube, 
hit that subscribe button right now and turn the notifications on so you don't miss any of our videos. And believe me, there is going to be loads of them coming up. Give you a hint, I will be at the Fishing with the Stars event on Tuesday with my camera, annoying dark players, as always, trying to get them at their, uh, at their mean, best on the side of a riverbank. But so does that mean that we might be having a little chat with the boss, Phil? Well, the boss is at the fishing event. That's all I'm saying, gentlemen, that you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now we're talking. You look all good at waders. But I tell you what, before we go, shorts and tylers. Shorts and flip Before we go, Jessica, quick one. We were talking. We were just talking there about the World Series. Uh, I, you know, the, the, the first time I think I've done it in a while. The flight is booked. Everything is ready to go, in terms of it. And I and now, obviously, we have the accessory to pull it off with as well to make sure that we get it on the plane. To get him on the plane, we're going to have to be wearing these. So this is what we're going to be doing. So Phil and, will be, Phil and I will be sat on a, on a plane from Stansted, going there. Gob, Gob hasn't got his yet. <laughs> mine, hasn't, mine aren't in it. Mine aren't here in the post yet. I checked all day. I've been checking the post box four times today. Still nothing. I was going to say it's been Raw set. Man, they went the same time as Gob did. So, um, but everyone, that is us done for another live live lounge. <laughs> and remember, this show will be available as a podcast. The on the online darts lounge. Tomorrow, maybe, but definitely Friday at the latest. Um, so, absolute pleasure, guys. Oh, and before we go, I've got a cheeky little WhatsApp message from a current PDC star saying, ooh, change in the World Series invites. <laughs> so, it's nice to know that <laughs> the players watch our live lounge. Um, and we will see this player at the Premier League. So, thank you very much, buddy. Right, I'm Phil Bars. Thank you very much for joining us. Charlie Feet and Jack Gobby Garwin, and we will be back next week. It's been okay. an absolute pleasure. Cheers, everyone. Mm -hmm.